Backyard Green Films is proud to present this episode of Agriculture with your host, Alara Bowman. Alara and her husband, Rick, travel throughout the land in their travel trailer, which they have nicknamed Bessie, bringing you stories about their travels and the people they meet. They visit farmers, ranchers, and just about anyone who loves putting their hands in the dirt or their feet in stirrups. In those travels, they have gotten to meet some very interesting people. Here's one of those interviews. Hi, this is Alara. Welcome back to our podcast. Rick is back from the wilds of Britain, and boy am I glad. I definitely don't want him to get too comfortable with traveling without me. Okay, so I'll admit it's not only about the threat of being replaced by a six-foot-tall guitar-playing music guy. I thank you, Charlie, for keeping him company while traipsing about on the other side of the pond, but how come all the shots have beer in them? I'm just saying. But this whole week is a celebratory time in the Bowman household, to tell the truth, and Rick's return is not the only fantastic thing to happen to us. Today, that thing has happened that I've been waiting for for about 42 years now. Okay, three months now, but it feels like 42 years. Anyway, the time is here. Today, I put a shoe on my left foot and walked. Woohoo! Those of you who have been following our adventures might remember that I turned my foot on a driveway a ways back, and I've been largely non-ambulatory for most of the last three months. It has been the most trying point in the life of my marriage. My behind is permanently flat, and I have a new appreciation for both the pharmaceutical industry and the hardware department at Home Depot. That last part's a little bit of a joke, because I have six very expensive screws and a plate in my foot. It's a foot that still looks a bit like that of my 95-year-old grandmother at the height of her bout of congestive failure, by the way. The swelling's going to go down bit by bit, but man, is it ugly. Okay, okay, enough of the gory details, but I am fantastically happy to now be in two matching shoes and an actual pair of socks. <laughs> it's perfect timing for me to be back in action and heading toward full functionality. In addition to all the plant and animal excitement that goes along with spring and summer, it's also fair season and festival season and get up and go see things season. Events abound right now, and we have a bunch of them on our list. That whole idea of events and crowd control also brings us to our podcast guests today, incidentally. But first, before we introduce them, I want to talk about a crazy news story I read last month while impatiently biding my time on the sofa. It's from an article by Taylor Nicchioli. It came out in April on CNN, among other places, and the title of the article is This California City's Newest Police Recruit, Officer Hops, is a Therapy Bunny. Okay, okay, so we have all kinds of people listening to the podcast across the country, blue and red and purple and green, and I'm sure about half of you are saying right now, well, of course there's a story like that because it's CNN. And the other half of you, and maybe also the first half of you as well, are saying, well, of course there's a story like that because it's California. Now, I'm not afraid to make fun of myself, especially because I'm from the most Californian of California cities, San Diego. Also, because you can make fun of us out here in earthquake land as often as you choose, and all I'll say in return is average winter lows in the 50s, average summer highs of 80. That helps quite a bit when the rest of the country pokes fun of us. Anyway, out of the rabbit hole, back to the rabbit, whose name is Officer Percy. Wellness Officer Percy, that is. 
The place where you can be arrested by this rabbit's fellow officers for making fun of Californians is Yuba City, which is located about halfway between Sacramento and Chico. Now, according to the article, Officer Percy is a support animal and lounges around the police department during the day providing mental health support for the staff and general stress relief. Hey, that part's pretty believable. I don't know if you've ever sat and petted a rabbit, but it's mesmerizing. It's kind of hard to pet a rabbit and stay stressed out, unless he's squirming, and then it's a different deal. But Officer Rabbit apparently also goes out in the community, and he visits with people, and he's somewhat of an equivalent of a therapy dog. The article goes on to say that therapy bunnies and other emotional support animals have great health benefits, can boost cognitive and emotional brain activity, and actually reduce the sensation of pain. And they're cute, and they're a hit when the department does community visits to elementary schools, I'm sure. Now, while I'm saying all of this, if you still find yourself repeating something like, only in California, please remember that moment where some of you may have felt a deep sense of contentment while petting the dog, or holding a cat, or sitting on the floor of a hay-filled barn being sniffed by a slightly smelly and very fluffy sheep. Yes, that last one was me. The reality of the situation is that it doesn't matter what size or shape of person we are, what color or religion or gender or country of origin, animals are universal and approachable ones are especially so. We all can relate to them across the many faces of mankind. There's something that all of us have seen or touched or felt inspired or comforted by, even if it was just for a moment. And this brings me to today's podcast interview guests. And no, there will be no rabbit, although there will be police officers, and not all of them are humans. And it's not in the wacky land of California. It's in good old downtown Denver, Colorado. Today, we're bringing you a conversation with members of the Denver Mounted Patrol. These fine officers, both equine and human, can be seen in all seasons at events and fairs and shows and on the streets of Denver, not just doing the necessary job like crowd control and general police duties, but they're an excellent and approachable public relations demonstration. So first, we speak with Dale Cunningham, who is the patient and personable man responsible for training the equine portion of the patrol. Second, we have Officer Emily Herbst, who rides a Mustang and is a small but mighty person who I had the feeling don't take no guff off a bartender. Thank you, Mr. McMurtry. Just a note, being a movie person, I had to ask Dale about the chase down criminals on horseback thing like Arnold Schwarzenegger did in True Lies, though I kind of doubt that one half of the equine police duo would actually fit in a hotel elevator like in the movie. Unless it was the Exmoor Mounted Police, of course. (laughs) Had to get a British reference in there. I did ask, though, that chase kind of thing, minus the elevator, actually does happen periodically. How cool is that? Okay, so one of the most important things that these units do is what we saw them doing in spades at the National Western this year. They are incredibly effective goodwill ambassadors. They make the whole idea of the police department approachable. Young people and old, English-speaking or Spanish or German, whether someone's from a city or a rural area, you name it, we saw all types of people come up and hold a hand up to the equine officers for a sniff. They were thronged. And with the horses there, people kind of forget to be so reserved in front of the officers who were all there in full gear with holster gun and taser and pepper spray and bulletproof vests. In many towns, policing used to be more about the guy that keeps an eye on the community, but is a part of the community. 
walking about doing rounds on patrol. The officer in small towns often knew not only where you lived, but he was likely to take you home to your mother for punishment if you gave him cause. How did we ever get away from all that? It's kind of sad, really. The police are supposed to be here as members of our communities, but oftentimes all we hear about is the bad stuff. But this year, at least for a few days, I got a glimpse of that neighborhood belonging kind of thing again. I am truly grateful that the officers were willing to take their weekend to come to the show to represent the Mounted Patrol and not just to bring in the flag on horseback for the national anthem. Just as important as that symbolic act was the reminder that we saw later, the one that reminds us that we are a community. People living together in one country, bumps and all. The moments where children and adults gathered around the officers, human and equine, and remembered that cops are people too just like them. And it was fantastic that we all can still be awed and comforted and amazed and brought together to forget which side we're on and just plain feel the wonder of being people amazed by animals. Many thanks for the gracious time given to us by the Denver Mounted Police Patrol. Not government funded, by the way. We put a link in our intro to the Denver Police Foundation if you want to do more than just listen today. Here's our podcast. Would you introduce yourself? My name is Dale Cunningham, and I'm with the Denver Mounted Police Department, and I train the horses. I run the facility, and I train the horses and the officers on the, on the horses. Yep. So it's absolutely perfect that you're here because that represents both things, right? A little exactly. Bit of that so, population control here because this is a big event. Right. And, and, and PR. This is, a, this is a very much an introduction to the public and getting the police closer to the public and, and understand what we have. Okay, yeah. now I understand the PR portion. Yes. And I understand that this is a great way for kids to get comfortable around the police. Correct. Which is a really important thing. Yes. The public to make a connection with the police. That's correct. Do you guys actually do policing? Yes. So so, tell me about that. Yeah, the officers, in order to be in this unit, they have to be police officers first. So they're not, they have, have no knowledge of a horse. So this is more of a prestigious unit. And, and as an opening comes up and they bid for it, then they become, they come on here and then we train them to be around horses and so forth. But when they're out on patrol, which is basically almost every day, they're still officers. And they, they carry all the normal gear, just like they're officers, but instead of driving a car, they're on a horse. So if there's a call for need or whatever is necessary, they go. And they can, they can track people down very easily uh, on a horse. Probably not. I don't know if you've seen the, I think it's the movie True Lies, where Arnold Schwarzenegger grabs a, a, a police horse and goes tromping down the road. Probably not quite that level of well, spy these, chasing, these guys, these guys can go anywhere, and I train them so they can handle anything downtown. So they really actually could go on a chase downtown? Oh, absolutely. They and they have. They actually have. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Are you, any stories you want to share on that Well, the only, the only story I can really tell you is, like, is they, they tracked a guy down. They got a call. And they ran him down on alleyway, alleyway, and then they basically held him because he wasn't going to run. He was sort of pinned, and then he wasn't going to run anywhere. So they held him at bar guard, and then they waited for ground control people to come up because we don't want the officers to get off the horse to make an arrest or anything like that because if you get off the horse, then you have a wild horse. Well, not a wild horse, but you have a horse in the city. It's, so, but it's the chase yeah, that's so, it. But I they mean, just radio for help, and then they get everybody. Yeah. Yeah, what a yeah. cool thing is yeah. that? That's fantastic. Okay, well, if you're in the city, you got a, a couple of things that you wouldn't normally have, because out here you can gallop to your heart's content, and, you know, it's a little dangerous sometimes, but you're fine. But but hooves like this on pavement, tell me how that yeah, works. Yeah, so if you want to back up, I will take him out. I'll show you something. All right. 
Okay, come here. Come on, buddy. All the way out. So they have to have special shoes. I'm just going to slide them over here. So they have to have special shoes. They cannot go downtown with normal steel shoes. So these shoes here, if you want to come over here, these are rubber over metal, okay? Yeah, I didn't hear a whole lot of clop clop coming out. Well, yeah, but they, they won't damage any of the surface and also they will not slip easy. So they can basically be on any surface and not really slide. These shoes are very, very difficult to put on. They're expensive and they get changed every six weeks. Where it's like tires on a, a tires SUV, on a, right? Yes, exactly. I mean, well, yep. Yeah, because I can see a uh, take a left turn and it looks like turning a barge at one point, right? And these horses get the best of the best treatment. They get chiropractor every six weeks. They get the best food. They're constantly being monitored. Uh, so they basically have a very good life. But it's also a stressful life for a horse. Yes. So we get them, we try a minimum age of eight, and we have to retire them at 20. And it's not as much as a physical retirement it's more mental. So if the horse starts to get stressed out being downtown all the time and we start to sense that, then, he's, then he goes up for adoption, uh, actually be, being donated to somebody within the city. Isn't that, was that just a bad thing that I did? No, no, no. He's just he's right? looking for a treat. Okay. okay. Well, I would do that if I could. Yeah. Yes, I would. He's very friendly. Yeah, so he's very friendly. What breed is he? He's a paint. And that horse over there is a Mustang. You know, so now I would not assume that a Mustang would be the horse that you would necessarily want, right? Because you need something cold-blooded or warm-blooded. You no, want a little colder, no, right? No, not necessarily. It just you need a horse that's able to adapt, has a good attitude, and that's what I do. I basically I, I fix horse problems. I fixed over 3,500 horses in my career. So it's the thing of it is, I look for a horse that has a good disposition, willing to learn, and then from there I can train him to basically anything. We just got a new horse. Uh, two weeks ago, he's half quarter horse, or no, half paint, half warm blood. You know, so that's going to be an interesting, but he's very friendly. Like, this guy's a very friendly horse. He's almost like a big dog. Yeah, he's you kind know, of, And yeah. he's easily in the, he's good in the public and so forth. Yeah, he's not yeah. scared of the kids, because let's nope. face it, it, you have to have an animal that is willing to be touched somewhat yes, frequently, Yes, exactly. Right? And yeah. he has to be willing to be able to have any of the surrounding noises or smells or, you know, being downtown in the city not affect him. Yeah. Basically, he's doing his job of moving, you know, yeah. and he's not becoming a problem. Yeah. Now, I've seen sometimes on certain forces, I think we were in Gunnison a couple years ago, and they had uh, the mounted patrols, and they were they were uh, draft crosses. Yes. So That's that very popular. Thing? Draft crosses are popular within the... And I've, I've had clinics. I used to do clinics uh, many parts of the country, and I have done police forces before. The draft horses are mainly designed to push people. You know, so if in a crowd that you have to disperse, a draft horse that big uh, will push a crowd very easily. Yeah. You know? and, the, and the officers feel less more protected up there on a draft horse. Yeah, I, you know, I was just in the ring behind us here yes. where they're doing the draft poles. That is correct. And I was, I was, I was doing a little bit of videotaping in there, and you have to really be careful because they are very large they're animals. They're very large animals. This yes. guy weighs 1,100 pounds. Those probably are close to 2,000 pounds. Wow, you know, wow, so, yeah. yeah. So now, even once you get past the breed part, yes. I, I read an article once that was talking about making your mule bomb-proof because people you know, right. on the trail, they need bomb-proof animals, meaning they don't scare. Exactly. Correct? And that's what we do with our guys. We have to desensitize, it's called desensitizing. So I have to desensitize them because horses, like horses in the wild, they're afraid of 99% of the things in the world because that's what allows them to flight or you know, run away. I have to recondition that horse that 99% of the things in the world will not kill him. 
So no matter what goes around, noises, gunshots, cars, anything in the city will not scare him away. He has to stay calm in all conditions. So how long does that take? I mean, because you just use really, exposure, right? It, well, technically, it doesn't take that long, probably two or three months in the beginning. But they're basically, every time you, my, it's how we always teach this in my clinics. Every time you touch a horse, you train a horse. So every time they're downtown, they're constantly getting trained, and it's just this constant you know, repetition of things. Yeah. Yeah. So how many kids do you think that have become police officers because they met you we and one of your critters know. somewhere? The thing that's what we try to tell the kids, you know, they say, well, can I be a mounted patrol officer? And I say, yes, you do, but you have to be a policeman first, yes. you know, so... You know, that's, that's part of just our education. But it's, it's, it's establishing It is. It's, not, it's a goal. Yes. It's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this, is the, this is the absolute best way to do it within the community. This is... This well, is, the, what, we also, what we also explain is, like, if you're, out, you're, if you're out downtown and you see a policeman in a car, then most likely you won't stop and talk to them. On a bike, you might not talk to them or a motorcycle. But if you see a policeman on a horse, you're more likely to go up and talk to them. You know, so it's very much a... a Part of the PR stuff that we have. Yeah. 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 Well, I guess Denver's the proof. I keep thinking about Dennis Weaver. Is it Dennis Weaver that used to run yes, down the street? Exactly. Yeah. Yes, exactly. That was that. I forget the name of that, but yeah, I do what remember that. What was that show? That's McLeod. That is a little okay. bit showing our age. Yes, it so. is. My husband's saying McLeod. McLeod. That might yeah, be it. Thank so, you. Yeah. Yes, when he runs down the middle of the street right. with, with the horse. Exactly. But it is something that just strikes, harkens back into older times when the marshals used to come in and they ride in on the horse, and there's something about it that's awe-inspiring. Right. I mean, the, the current. I mean, these are. Denver police horses, we have currently four. We have three officers, three horses that are on duty. Uh, but at one time, there was 12. You know, not that many. The, the barn that we're in now, uh, it was a 1985 facility. So, you know, it's gone through cycles. And you know, now we're trying to really basically boost it back up. Yeah. But so. something like this, I would think, especially if you did need any kind of a help in crowd control, it, horses are so much more maneuverable. Well, we actually, the officers here, once we get sort of toward the end of the day, lots of times we actually just saddle them up and we patrol the facility. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. We got to go to Horse Progress Days uh, last year, I think it was, and all of the parking attendants, all of the crowd people, all the kids that were on the horses, and, you know, obviously not a whole lot of vehicles and it was and so and they all had were very comfortable with animals right but it was it was it really facilitated things because it doesn't matter if they're hither or yon or up a hill or not this baby's exactly. gonna go right these guys can get places uh, yeah. people on the bikes or motorcycles can't get to yeah yeah now i also have to ask since we also have other kinds of animals within the police departments like the, dogs, the dogs canine yes. units and things canine like that unit. is there ever a conflict with that no no we're we don't really mix with the canine units uh, they're basically a separate entity also. Because they're kind of snobs, right? now. No, no, no. <laughs> no, they're very nice, too. Yeah. All the canine officers that I've ever met, it's something about working with an animal that makes you a little, I don't want to say gentler, but more more flexible. Well, you're this. a little bit more in tune with things. Yes. You know, so yes. yes. I yeah. think so, too. Yeah. But I but I think that this is just an absolute wonderfully wonderful idea. And I am so glad you're here because there's kids wandering up and down and they get to see And he's just standing here. Yeah. Not he having is. a problem. Yeah. So I got to teach him things. Like I teach him to lower his head if I just touch him here. And then I got to pick his head up. And then I lower his head. I and got a kid at home. Do you want to work on this? <laughs> <laughs> well, thank oh, you one so other much. note. Uh, one of the hard, which these guys lead all Denver parades. A parade is the most difficult thing to teach, to actually get a horse to understand. Because of the bomb-proof idea, or what no. the heck are we doing with those people? It's thousands of people. I mean, we led the avalanche, that was 500,000 people in that thing, you know. But the thing of it is, to reproduce that, like I've trained a horse, 
I got to reproduce something. Yeah. But in the parades, I can't hire 10,000 people to stand along the sidewalk as I move my horses back and forth. Yeah, yeah. So I have to try to get them prepared in a little bit different ways. And then, but they do good. They do well, really, really well. And the stock show starts off with a parade that is we, not a little led, thing. And we let it. Did you? Okay. Yes. So now I, I looked at the long because we talked to a lot of people. And the longhorns were right behind us. I, I, this, the, the first or the second hardest thing you're ever going to train is going to be a longhorn that's used to the out in the plains, I would think. But they just kind of trot down the street with great hurrah. And, right. Yeah. yeah. I heard every once in a while the lights will change and they have to swirl everybody in a circle a little bit. Yeah. And that's a challenge. But after that, because this is downtown Denver. That is correct. That wow. is correct. What a yeah. famous thing. Well, thank you so much. All right. You're very wonderful. welcome. All Appreciate right. Appreciate it. Pleasure. Thank you. And you too. Thank you. Hi, it's good to meet you. Would you introduce yourself, please? Nice to meet you as well. I'm Officer Emily Herbst. And with me today is my partner, Maverick. He's a 12-year-old wild-born Mustang. Wild-born Mustang. Now, we met Dale earlier, and he was talking a little bit about uh, Ollie. Yes. Ollie the paint. And now we have a Mustang in the mix, too. This is a, How many horses are do you have in the... In the, in the we currently have four horses on the Mountain Patrol. Okay, wonderful. Now, you are an officer, obviously. Yes, I am. I'm an officer with the Denver Police Department. Okay, Denver Police Department is... Is, is this a progressive thing for them, or has this been around forever and a day? So the Mounted Patrol was a staple of the department, but in the 1930s, with the rise of automobiles, the unit was shut down. In 1984, a small group of officers reestablished the unit, um, and they erected a barn down in southwest Denver, and which is where we are still today. Um, so for 30-something years now, that's where we've been, and... Um, that's where we hope to stay. Southwest Denver, which was probably middle of nowhere at one point, but probably right in somebody's backyard now. I'm that's assuming. exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Denver's really, really grown. Yes, it has. Now, okay, modernization is one thing that's occurred, and we go from one thing to another, but you can't connect like this with a police car. No, no. offense. <laughs> so that's one of the greatest parts about the Mountain Patrol is most of our patrol day is spent talking to community members. So when we're out on patrol, obviously we're up high so we can see people, but also people can see us. Maverick. <laughs> and so people love to come up and talk to us. They love to say hi to the horses, ask us what we're out doing, give the horses pets. So it's a really fun way to engage with the public. Yeah, now they, now they are real officers. Dale was, was describing a little chase moment that you had. So you do actually use these animals for, for police work. Yes, we are a fully functioning patrol unit. Yes. So we do take police action if and when that's necessary. Um, and yeah, you'll see us all around the city, parks, neighborhoods, Broncos games, downtown. We just well, go everywhere. Of course, the Broncos games, yes. right? You got to be there. That's right. But but the community portion of this is just really, really important because it's it it connects you with the members. It, you know, how, how much kids are going to be able to feel comfortable talking to the police or not is yes. going to be dependent upon their experiences when yep. they're young. That's right. But okay, so now's the part where the accounting person in me is horrified because you said that the employees, the police officers, are paid for this from from the Denver um, city, yes. but the horses are not. Now tell me about this. Um, so the yes, that's true. We are we are full time members of the Denver Police Department. So um, you know, just like a patrol officer, but um, our unit is primarily funded on donations from community members, and that's been the case since the reestablishment of the unit in 1984. I guess I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around this because this is just the same as the police car. You need this animal in order to do that community service. Yes, that's correct. So if somebody says, well, like, I think that that's important too, how, where do they go now? I asked you to take that little card out. Mm -hmm. So if somebody did want to help support the equine unit, yep. 
How do they do it? So if you if people would like to support um, our unit, the Denver Police Foundation is our biggest support, and they actually run a donation fund for us where community members can donate if they want to, um, and that's at the denverpolicefoundation.org. Okay, and courses are not an inexpensive thing, but when you put on TAC and training, and that could be quite a pricey thing. Correct. So um, most of our unit's um, supplies, including TAC and things like that, and even the purchasing of police horses is done through our donation fund. Yeah, and I'm assuming that's the Dale, where Dale comes in. You tra Dale trains, correct, too? Yes. And his, I'm, I mean, that's not an inexpensive thing, too, because it takes quite a long time to make an animal trained for use in the street with the That's with right. The All of our horses that we get to the unit are fully trained to be ridden, but then they have to go through additional training to learn how to be police horses. Okay, so I'm going to ask you to read that uh, website out, if you okay. would. Yes, that is going to be the denverpolicefoundation.org. Okay, so anybody that wants to could go. Now, I don't suppose you guys have a have an adopt your own little police officer, equine police officer, do you? Um, well, we, we don't. However, um, our unit does now have little stuffed animals that are based off of um, Maverick and Ollie, who you met today. Is that what we're seeing on the table yes, over there? That, yes, that okay. is part of the booth that our volunteers, our department volunteers, are helping us run today. Yeah, you are very, uh, the whole event is here at the National Western is very volunteer driven. Yes. But you are as well. Yes, we are. We have our volunteers, our Denver Police Department volunteers here every day helping us out, representing the Denver Police Foundation yeah. um, and helping us out with those um, unit t-shirts and stuffed animals. Yes, right in keeping with this whole idea where you're here, the, the community is all a part of it, yes. isn't it? Yes, it that's right. Better. Great. Okay. Anything else oh, that you think? The and we even got a little smile. Good boy. <laughs> <laughs> anything? I don't know how we can top that. But anything else that you think that it would be interesting for people to know? No, I just like people to know if they see us out on patrol, please come up and say hi. It's our favorite part of the day, getting to talk to people and getting to meet everyone in the community. Wonderful. Thank so. you so much. We really appreciate you Thank being you. with us. You too. <laughs> Thank you. Show off. You're a show off, aren't you? If you liked our podcast, please subscribe. This is how we keep going. And please ask your friends to join us. Please also feel free to post any comments or questions to our social media sites. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook under Backyard Green Films. Thanks again for listening. We would like to thank Officers Cunningham and Herbs for joining us today, and also Ollie and Maverick. If you'd like to find out more information, please visit their Facebook page at Denver Police Mounted Patrol. And if you'd like to help support this organization, please go to denverpolicefoundation.org. We'll have all the links in the bio as well. We'll see you next time with another adventure. You have been listening to Agriculture with your host, Alara Bowman. Please tune in for upcoming episodes from our travels. I'm Rick Bowman, your behind-the-scenes editor. Until next time. This has been a presentation of Backyard Green Films Productions. All rights reserved. Copyright 2023.